You're listening to Date Smarter Sexier with your host, matchmaker and dating coach, Andrea LaRosa, accompanied by co-host Kanan, where we're talking about everything love, sex, and relationships. Now let's get chatting. Come on. Let's talk about sex, baby. Woohoo! There we are. There we are. There we are. Hello, everyone. I'm so happy to be back with you guys because we are on our final episode for season uh, two. I get to be on the final episode. Yes. Not only did you open the season, but you're also closing the season. So it's I very exciting. Too. Yes. It's yes. Lovely humans. It's yes. That's why it was so important that we have you here today. It's like we were working yes. out. <laughs> so to our listeners, we are also doing our very first live stream to YouTube. So if you want to see us and you can come check us out on YouTube and follow us there on Date Smarter. Um, yeah. So this is this is kind of fun being visual and... Yeah. It being our final episode for the season and coming full circle, having Erica back again. She opened our season. She's closing our season. And if you missed the first episode from this season, you must, must, must listen to it. It was amazing. Mm -hmm. In fact, I just had a conversation with a client about it today where we were talking about sex addiction. We're not even going to go there because you can go and listen to it on episode I know that face that episode one but today oh my god I'm so excited so I apologize for my excitement because this is a topic that's been coming up in my social media videos that people have been mentioning and it's been coming up with clients lately it's something that some of my new breakup clients are coming in with questions about and concerns and it made me realize that we need to fucking talk about this. I hope I can swear. We need YouTube. to fucking talk about this. Not, not just talk about this, but fucking talk you about this. You should swear on YouTube. I think you can, oh right? my God. Come on. <laughs> hey, you never know. know. Like tick, no. TikTok will take shit down. Like you never right. know. You never I mean, know. well, t- uh, well, it's YouTube. <laughs> yeah, who knows? I think we're, I think we're okay. <laughs> I mean. So today we are talking about whether or not porn is cheating. Mm. And for some of you, you might be shaking your head going, uh, that's a stupid conversation. Of course not. But I guarantee you to the men out there where women are breaking up with them because they are accusing them of cheating because they watched porn. It is not a stupid conversation. It is a very real conversation to Mm -hmm. these guys. Um, to be fair, I haven't heard of any women being broken up with for watching porn from their boyfriends or husbands oh, uh, or just, gay men. Uh, we will talk about that. We can talk oh, about that. We yes. Talk about that because guess what? As a sex and mental health therapist, I have. <laughs> oh my God. I'm so excited. No, I'm sorry, guys. I'm just super excited about this topic. I've been waiting for this conversation for months and here we are. So let's dive in. Let's not waste another second. So what's the, what's the average, I, I am curious, like, what is the average question of like the man? Cause I know Andrew, you specialize in working specifically with men. Like what is that? What is that guy coming in? What is he saying to you? And what is that kind of scenario that, mm-hmm. okay. that they paint for you? 
Yeah. So here's, here's one example. Um, so my client came in and he really wanted to get his girlfriend back. She broke up with him because, and I'm going to assume it's a safe assumption. There's a lot of other things at play here, right? Obviously it's not just the porn, but I think the straw that broke the camel's back was, you know, she went through his phone. This is the best part. She went through his phone without him knowing and Bad found movie. it. Uh-huh, you're my heavy uh-huh. side. <laughs> Terrible. Move. Found the we're porn. Shame on her. She found it on his phone and did the very stereotypical cliche move of what the hell is this? You're watching porn. I, I feel like you're cheating on me because you are, when he asked for clarification, she told him that he is pleasuring himself by looking at someone else. And to her, that's cheating. Wow. Mm-hmm. You know, I must say for this whole season of sex, I have learned that there are certain things that heterosexuals deal with that the are streets. like not even, a th- yes. like I've gone to some gay men's homes where they have naked men in their bathroom so everyone can see it. So it's like, we're both jerking off to this picture. So it's uh-huh. so interesting to yes. learn that there are women that really feel that the guy is cheating. Huh. So, and we're gonna talk about like this, This you are not, Kanan, you're not wrong. Like this dynamic is, is pretty specific to yeah. like cis heterosexual couples. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, bisexual woman here like i am in a heterosexual marriage but it it's still like the amount of work that we've done in our own relationship has essentially birthed the relationship that has the context to allow sexual material of any kind and if any time in our marriage like it ain't today because i take care of a lot of human emotions i can't be i can't have an open marriage i can't I, i'm a therapist like it's too exhausting for me I just can't. <laughs> I support open relationships and I support the people in them as a therapist, but personally I'm tired and I got to go to bed. Um but you're on to something as far as context and in, in in dynamics of relationships and openness of sexual experiences. Um and there's lots of theories about why this tends to happen in heterosexual couples. Uh, relationships more often than any like queer couples or or poly couples or but let me tell you like the conversation around sexual material and the dynamics around sexual material the 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 conversation can be fraught in queer relationships too especially yeah. if there was something that wasn't discussed like um a cam person that you're frequenting or um Ooh, a yeah. uh if a massage then turned into a, a happy ending massage and that wasn't negotiated with partners or partner or partners ahead of time so this dynamic has roots before the porn before the conversation and sneaking around on the phone the reason you were getting crazy face for me about that is that that relationship started without trust yeah. It started with this dynamic that more than likely both people were absolutely unaware of. Yeah. Um, or, or maybe, you know, some scenarios that could very well be possible for this 
case that you're talking about is that maybe she's dealt with partners who have been unfaithful before and that mm-hmm. is how at least she experienced them starting yeah but that so is the cheating that that a horns symptom? the problem so would you consider uh the porn or her or the person feeling that way a symptom of a much deeper issue which might be just trust in the relationship period uh trust and almost always either from a prior relationship and or a family relationship and watching family members handle dynamics like these terribly or with Mm -hmm. no triggering absolutely so the Ah. porn is just triggering her mistrust because my understanding is that she has been in relationships previous to my client where she's been cheated on and while they didn't really dive into the porn aspect of it but now that does make sense that maybe that was kind of the beginning point or in her head she's correlating them together for some reason and yeah. so she's assuming, oh, you're going to cheat. You're watching porn. We're not. We're not as evolved as we'd like to think we are. And and if if something even breathes in the general direction of something we're afraid of, the brain goes, "Bitch, that's a cheetah. I can't. I can't yeah. with that." So mm. I, I I do think it's important to to understand. I think we did talk about this in the first episode that. Um, people's issues around infidelity and porn and sex are grand revealers of whatever Mm -hmm. shit is happening inside of you, whether it's old or new within Mm -hmm. the last few years, Mm -hmm. those things will just come to the forefront. Anytime somebody walks in to my, my online office and we are, you know, out the gate, we're talking about sexual issues. We're going to get to the bottom of the issues really, really fast because it is, it's where we, sex just sex and sexual material and how we feel about our bodies and the control we think we have or don't just really brings everything we're scared of to the forefront so would you say that a lot of go ahead andrea no i i have a feeling we're going on the same wavelength here um because like if someone comes to you with a situation like this and says Like his big question to me was, I didn't know porn was cheating. And I was like, well, I don't think it is personally, but I, that's not my expertise. That's the reason why we're here with you today. Yeah. Is porn cheating? What, what, how do we define, I guess we have to first define cheating, don't we? I feel like we started this in the, in that first conversation we all had together that we absolutely culturally do not have a definition for infidelity. We don't. When somebody says infidelity, they assume something in their mind, but that doesn't mean that the other person you are either trying to partner with, your friend, your coworker, sees infidelity the same. Yeah. And it depends on the community. Kane, you already, you nailed it already. The community matters too. What matters and what is cheating in one community is not the same as another Mm -hmm. community or how someone um, maybe feels about cheating like uh, i'm sure the both of you have heard the idea of emotional cheating 
Mm-hmm. What does yes. that even mean? What does it mean to everyone I, to know? I know what, what that, that means? means. I think it means like I've seen relationships where someone is with a partner that is very stoic. They don't really share their feelings and they don't, they're not very receptive of someone sharing their feelings. So then that partner feels like, ah, oh, I don't feel affection. I don't feel love. So then they start to seek that in someone else. It may not be sexual, but then they start to seek something like a hug or someone just to look at them and listen to them and say, yes, yes, you're right. Yes, yes. I- I'm listening to you. I mean, there are hug groups where people pay just to hug someone because either they're single or they're in a relationship mm-hmm. where they're just missing out on that affection. So I'm going to push a button. How Ooh. is that cheating when every single one of us craves m- intimacy and community con- connection? Our partners are not supposed to be our be, be all and all. So why would it be emotional cheating if you are connecting with a person emotionally, whether friendship or what have you? I think we've been conditioned to think that one person... Cheating? I think we've been conditioned to think that one person is supposed to give us all of this, all of our movies, all of our literature and, 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 and people. Disney has <laughs> fucked us up. Yes. I go there almost like but we have been conditioned to think that one person is supposed to sexually satisfy us, emotionally satisfy us, be our stability, be our foundation, be our support, be our all. I think for women, though, it's a little bit different because from a woman's point of view, and I'm not trying to speak for all women, obviously, but when our boyfriend or husband or male partner connects emotionally with another woman, we know or we have this, we feel like we know that that means it's going to lead to sex because it's so hard to get him to connect with us emotionally. We've put in so much time, effort, and work to get him to connect with us emotionally that if he's giving, right, if he's giving that to someone else, then we know it's just a matter of time that he is going to have a sexual relationship and eventually leave us because now I'm not providing anything for him anymore. I feel like I need to say something about everything you just said. Feels like it it just feels like old, like toxic dynamics that is Uh, yeah. (laughs) That's what it sounds like. I feel like those kind of connections should not have to be forced. If like I've noticed with men, if they feel comfortable with you, they will naturally open up and be warm with you. If they're not comfortable, they're not going. No matter what you do, no matter what sexy outfit you put on, if if you have not established that rapport or that comfort level it's just it's not going to happen either he may just see you as a nice piece of ass maybe he just sees you as a great partner that he could i don't know wow she cooks me great dinners and takes care of me every day this is wonderful but i don't want to fuck her you know it's like so many factors involved but i think something like that happens naturally if it's not happening in a relationship i don't know if it's ever going to happen I I honestly do see this a lot in um and I'm we're gonna kind of talk about this in from like the roles that often take place especially in kind of uh cis heteronormative not yes that that dynamic (laughs) specifically does often lead to a parent child dynamic yeah where where many women will end up being the emotional caretaker for their partner and then they when that role is not um 
whether whatever's happening with their partner they like you said andrea i think you're onto something that that then what of what use am i so the relationship started for both people on really really shaky ground it didn't start with openness it didn't start with putting your with the values and actual needs you have on the table mm. uh to really truly make a decision about whether or not you are compatible to be together and it is really really hard let me be very very clear for women to uh lay down their boundaries and hold mm -hmm. them and continue mm -hmm. to hold them especially when there are people who are railing against them and not at all respecting them so for sure i 100 percent agree it's it is fraught and it but the reality is it's a setup to be fraught uh the the power a setup that, how it's a it's a it's a power struggle essentially um. like it is set up for us to fail so uh a, a, a woman is supposed to uh remain pure uh to uh not sleep with too many people to uh be classy yet ready to go and then men on the other side often <laughs> i love Kanan. Kanan's ready. i know i can't ready. wait to hear what he's gonna ready. say ready Kanan, men on the other side. side men on the other side are often set up in another way that they're supposed to be ready to go and mm -hmm. game for sex at any point and have giant penises and uh provide everything and like this it's a setup these are stereotypical cultural expectations that we have been breaking especially over the last 15 to 20 years we've been trying to break them and we're especially with on uh online dating social media and podcasting and youtube and we're all railing against this setup that we all hate that makes sense. You made me think of this guy that I saw online recently who said oh, the most you. ridiculous his name. He was on Did Twitter. We his give name. Him any views? No, I, actually, no, I don't want to say his name. Okay. okay. But he <laughs> is uh, a bishop or some shit like that. Mm -hmm. And basically, what he's saying is listen to some of this. I'm going to need an app. I know it. That's where me and Automatic are coming at. It. And here's the thing. Just like when you were between the ages of 18 and uh, 25 and you didn't want to settle, you were trying to get the you were trying to get the CEO, the pilot, the investment banker, you were trying to get flued out. Here's what's gonna happen. If you are a woman 35 plus and you want a man that's uh, on the same lifestyle level, I you're gonna your have all right, what do you think about sharing a man? Come on, now. Don't, 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 don't go quiet. Okay, I'm gonna stop now. Did he just say sharing a man? Sharing a man, basically. Yes, he is saying that if you're a woman over the age of 35 years old, you need to settle for sharing a man. Mind you, this man is 56 years old, single, married, and divorced twice. <laughs> and he is he is suggesting to single women over the age of 35 that you know you're it's it, but then when a, this female says oh okay i agree with that so we i share you and then you know i could be with other guys too he says no 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 that's not how that works young lady mm. you are Excuse supposed me. to be yes he said young lady to her mm. you are supposed to be at the mercy and the, the, the power struggle? 
Yeah. And a lot of men think this way. That's the freaky part. A lot of men over the age of 40, Mm -hmm. all the way to like 65, 70-ish, they have this audacity where it almost seems as if they feel like they have ownership. over, And this is across all races. This is not just white, black, Asian, mostly an American thing, I will say. I don't know how other races, other- Power. Power. <laughs> um, I love Isabel Wilkerson, um, by the way, Pulitzer Prize winning author of Cast, who mm-hmm. talks about how essentially trying to shift the conversation from um, race to understanding that this is a power struggle and this is a class struggle. And I think I you're, you're on to something here. I think that this is. Uh, the idea, and I know people have seen it on YouTube, the idea of dating resources has come out dating a lot where, where people Isn't are saying, what well, I am. I am a, a high, well, no, like I'm a high value woman or I'm what? a high value Uh-oh. man. You're going to hate uh, so my like, book. Like, no, I mean, I'm not going to hate or... it. I just think it comes down to a power struggle. I don't think it's necessarily... Um, you're offering people skills that uh, will work regardless of where you are status wise, but like the idea, like what that Bishop just tried to sell everybody. Mm-hmm. That, oh my God. That heterosexual men should have the pick of whomever they'd like. And then right. women, I got to stay home and put up with it. And the men get more than one Ooh. option. And how? And guess what? The birth rate's in the toilet, asshole. Like, we're Ashley's trying to get people to have right more children. That mm-hmm. ain't how you do it. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like his really terribly cheap and awfully manipulative way just to, to clicks, y'all. well, not even just clicks, but like clicks. Like, he trying to get <laughs> in. He's sliding into more than DMs with that shit. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, I think you should always uh, advice from men like that is so sketchy because Mm -hmm. I feel like he's the kind of guy that would consume porn and cheat on his wife nonstop. And she's just supposed to be like, oh, okay, honey. I don't know how many of you listening have ever or watching have seen the movie Baby Boy. This is a black culture. Oh, yes. Um, you have probably have seen Baby it. Okay, Boy. with Tyrese. Mm-hmm. And it was a part of the movie oh, where- Tyrese. He went sideways yeah, on us a little bit. A little bit. But there's a part of the movie where his um, the person playing his girlfriend or wife, Taraji P. Henson, came to him and was like, you're cheating on me. Why do you keep cheating on me? I'm paraphrasing, by the way. Mm-hmm. And Tyrese, his character then says to her- I'm just fucking them, but I'm coming home to you. There's a difference. I've heard this before. Yeah. And I think porn is kind of the same way for some men. They don't see that. She says, yeah, I'm beating off to Jenna Jameson or whoever. But at the end of the night, I'm fucking you. So what's the big deal? The the reality, though, is that um, there's still no conversation or agreement to any of that ahead of time. Right. Yeah, after the, this is usually after somebody has agreed to get married, right? Or uh, or they've been dating for a while and then this this comes to the forefront. And then the <laughs> then she never got a choice. That's she never true. got a choice to say, "Oh, okay," or "No, no thank you." I, there, yeah. there was never any consent to this conversation, mm-hmm. this power struggle, this behavior. Mm-hmm. And that, is, that fundamentally yeah. is a problem. And ultimately, what you just described, that dynamic, that tells mm-hmm. me 
I, I want him to come to therapy. Come on, come to therapy. Mm -hmm. And it absolutely needs to be a challenge of how do you find intimacy with humans? Yeah. What just romantic partners, mm -hmm. friendships, right? Mm -hmm. Coworkers. How do you mm -hmm. find intimacy? And are, if you're not willing to be in intimate relations with relationships with people, that tells me that there is something that has happened in your life that mm -hmm. has enabled you from being able to connect with people because you can't. Trust oh my god, them. I'm shook what, right now. What if the same scenario happens? But she tells him in the beginning of the relationship that she doesn't agree with watching porn. She doesn't want to be with somebody who watches porn. Then they both and have consent, right? Like he can then say like, okay, then this is not going to be a partnership that's good for me because porn is a part of my masturbation routine. And mm -hmm. it, you do need to have this conversation out the gate. This is a conversation mm -hmm. about sexual consent. This isn't about yes or no, you can put your dick in me. It's about being able to say, hey, like I enjoy sexual content. Do you enjoy a sexual content? Is there a way we can enjoy sexual content together from time to time? How do you feel about masturbation? How often do you masturbate? How That's like one of the opening yeah. questions I ask people in therapy. Yo, right. How often are how you? How soon should you share all of your sexual quirks with someone? I mean, like the first night that you're having. Well, okay. Well, this conversation. Let's, let's put it that way. Your habits. Like you, you watch porn or I watch porn. When should I tell my partner I watch porn? The first date, the second date, after we have sex for the first time? Oh. Should I just. <laughs> Like, what, like, what? <laughs> that's too late. I do really think, like, some of those first conversations, like, it could be within, like, uh, I hate the dating apps. Andrea already knows, and Andrea already knows how to <laughs> about the dating apps. And I get exhausted when my clients bring them up, and I'm like, go see my friend Andrea because I can't. Um, <laughs> I, I'm like, go join a damn sports league, go to an art club. Yes, off these algorithms that are going to show you people that are your red flags. And no matter how much therapy you do, it doesn't matter. They will keep showing you your red flag. Right. Yes. We talked they about that before. that out, by the way. Uh -huh. The algorithm knows. Well, it keeps showing you more of what you go after. And if you keep going after <sighs> red flags, then that's all you're going to keep getting. What did it's Facebook like like, literally profit on? Yeah. Yeah. Facebook yeah. profited on showing people things that made them angry. And now families can't have conversations and families have ended relationships. And yeah. I can't tell you how many times I'm navigating this with people in therapy. Like I can't talk to my dad anymore. I can't talk to, I, I can't talk to my, my favorite uh, uncle who I grew up with because uh, they started talking about the, the gremlin president from before. I, 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 <laughs> This this kind of like a gremlin after they got wet. No, wait, wait, wait. Before we get too off topic here, Gizmo going, was cute. The later gremlins back. that ate after midnight were not cute. So, would you say having this conversation, like obviously, you don't want to have this conversation on the first date or a second date? It's too soon to be talking about sex unless you're having sex, which you shouldn't be. But like within the first five days before curious, you have though. sex, hold on. Like, is that true per community? No, no, no I'm I gave talking my husband about... a blowjob on the first date. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm talking about male-female relationships. Okay, we're talking about heterosexual. Yeah, 
We're yeah. talking oh. cishet. Okay, let's be specific yeah. because I was going to say that would not fly with my gay clients. That wouldn't fly oh. with my- No, like, I need to see the D no. right away. Yeah, and my lesbian <laughs> clients are, you know, I love them and they're going to find a U-Haul early. Um, yes, they're like, <laughs> they're buying a house by the end of the first date. It's so let's get a nice little cottage up on that little hill that we walk past every day. Like, oh yeah, sure. <laughs> I do too, um, they're so heartwarming. And they keep us all together, let's be real. Uh, yeah, yeah, they do. <laughs> uh, but the, in, the, in the cis-heterosexual dynamic, um, I, I do, I, because I think the, the power dynamic can be so fraught for them. I actually do wonder if it would make sense to have those conversations early. Doesn't mean yeah. that you're necessarily, um, you're going to agree to sex oh. up front. <laughs> uh, but that that conversation, I, th I think, is important. Like, mm -hmm. hey, what are you after? Okay, if you're after a hookup, I, I'm not really game for that. But if I was, mm. I'd really want to be listening to some erotica in my ears while we all yeah. go for, go have a good time. Or right. I, I really am not comfortable with my partner, like, watching porn. Do you watch porn? Mm. Um, and, I, and I'm not saying, I'm not here to argue that porn's for everybody. Um, it's right? not. But here, the reality is, though, I also wonder how much, use it. how or much consume. have they actually found of, of any sexual material that might actually work for them. And uh, I'll send you, Andrea um, uh, and Kanan, I'll send you my list. I, I've been curating a list of uh, essentially, this is going to sound like the hipsterish shit I've said in a long time, uh, of, of ethically sourced uh, sexual material. So Ooh. I know that the actors are paid. I know mm -hmm. that it's, uh, there is queer options. I uh -huh. know that you're going to see lots of bodies and lots of colors of bodies. Uh, mm. I know you're going to have a variety of type too. So it's not necessarily mm -hmm. just all visual video. There's audio, there's uh, reading erotica. I have lists of uh, websites mm. for. So I'll send yeah. you that list because I'm a nerd. Hell I, like yeah. to, I, like, I collect that shit <laughs> all the time. I'm like, eh, that's How I old were that. you when you first saw your first like piece of adult mm. or pornographic or i mean mm. you, i don't consider art pornography some people do and they're like mm -hmm. oh i saw you know uh michael's or whatever it's called like, no, and that's like just a body. Come on. that's a yeah. body that's totally different but like actual sexual content what was the first age you would i say? think I, I really think this does depend on like when you came to the internet um especially now but for me I was in high school mm. when I was at a friend's house. Um, not going to mention names because I don't want to put them on blast. Because uh, <laughs> the struggle here is that the parents knew where these were. Like these, so there was a stack of Playboy Hustler out in the open, just on like a fireplace mountain mantle. Wow, Dad sounds like fun. Like <laughs> just, just like a stack, just chilling in the living room on the on the fireplace mantle. Yeah. And I remember, so I grew up in a evangelical household. I am not that anymore. Um, but if my parents knew that that was just out. Yeah, I was not going to be allowed to go over there. They would have flipped the fuck out, yeah. But I definitely uh, went and looked at them with my friends. <laughs> yeah. And what about you, Andrea? I was going to ask you the same thing. I actually think I was fairly, fairly young. I want to mm. say like 
maybe 10, but my brother is eight years older than me (laughs) to be Ah. fair. And my mother at the time was working at Planned Parenthood in the education department. And so it might, I might've actually been younger because she might've actually sat me down with a hustler to show me what I was looking at because having the conversation around sex and body parts was something Mm -hmm. that was built into dinner time for us. Yes. That's cool. For me, that, that exposure is important. Mm-hmm. It is important. You know what? Recently, I have two stories I'm going to share with you. On the last that you just said, um, when I was cleaning up my dad's house after he died, um, I came across his little closet. And in this little closet was like his gun, his jewelry, blah, blah, blah. And porn, like self-made porn. And it was the very first time I saw my dad's penis ever in my oh, life. Self-made that- porn. Yeah. But wait. I think it's important for young kids, male or female, this is not a sexual thing. It's very Mm -hmm. important for them to see their parents' anatomy so they can become more comfortable with their bodies and Mm -hmm. not have as much shame. Because I've never saw my dad bite. And when he would be naked around me, he would always have like a towel wrapped around his genitals, which Mm -hmm. to me kind of is that shame, is that, Mm -hmm. oh, my son might be gay and I don't want him thinking about me sex. Like, what does that all mean? Mm -hmm. Now, as far as the porn goes, my dad was a consumer porn. He had a lot mm-hmm. of porn and it used to bother my mother that it was mm-hmm. easily available to find to the point where for a fifth grade show and tell. For a fifth grade show and tell people were bringing in their toys and fun shit, maybe earlier than fifth grade. Cause I think I might have been that's a little later, maybe the third grade or something. I took a catalog for my because back then you used to look through a catalog to pick yeah. which porns you want so they'll have like a little screenshot so I took that to school I went to the front of the classroom was like for I want to show all of you my dad's porn I take out this thing of videos of like big all black cocks and big white cocks a teacher she oh my mortified <laughs> <Probably> shit <laughs> mortified they had to call my parents I I, I don't remember getting told totally in trouble because I was, I was kind of naive about what exactly I wasn't, I didn't know what oh, it yeah. was. I was just like, Oh, it's just have. people doing stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So yeah. And from that point on, you know, my mother, I think she tried to tell my dad to throw it away, but I always would mm-hmm. find it. I would go sneak up into the attic and jerk off on this little couch that we had in this one room mm-hmm. in the attic and hide it. And then once the internet came around, Oh my God, yeah. wait, two more stories. One, I would print a lot of pictures in the, and at school before parental controls were created, my teacher caught me looking at porn. In hindsight, I think he was gay. It might have been like, oh, look at this poor young, this little young black kid. You know, he's mm-hmm. <laughs> dicks to look yeah. at. Oh, look at him. But I was mortified. Let me tell you, mortified. <laughs> you know, to be fair, like I, I learned how to give a blowjob from watching porn. Same here. But, so I watched a lot of different styles and a lot nice. of different, um, just all kinds. I just consumed a lot. Anything yes. that had yeah. blowjobs in it. And I just yep. wanted to see. And then I tried it to out understand it because guess what? Nobody taught us how to right. do that. No, and no. that's such a shame in American culture where sex is so mm-hmm. shamed, so pushed down that, you know, honestly, I don't know how many people you have sex with, but have you noticed since the creation of porn, men seem to mimic the horrible parts of porn to the point where they have like these weird things that 
they have to do to get off just to come. And you're just like, how long is this going to take? And you know what's happening, but you're just just, like, this is just seems like an act here. But that also tells me that they're not connected to Uh the sexual play at all, because we absolutely um, don't need to just masturbate on top of each other or behind each other or any of those things. And so weird, the porn that we're watching, we can Uh actually learn how to have an erotic conversation with each other we can learn Mm -hmm. how to have erotic touching and what each person might Mm -hmm. like or explore the things that that each person might like that's the best part Mm -hmm. about having these conversations early yeah like oh i don't really know if i like that i've never done that before but i i'm curious and maybe can we watch a video from somebody that's not going to come on my face while i watch it and (laughs) so i can learn (laughs) something you so know, you just, it? you just said it. Erotic it's conversation. Like a, a cup on my face <laughs> well, I'm wondering though, like if we could get people to maybe start with having erotic conversations. Yeah. Can you imagine how that would, for one, change your sex life? Hello. Yeah. The comfort level that you would have with that person would mm-hmm. be mind blowing. And then when yeah. you do have sex, it'd probably be amazing. But yeah, like why not? Why not start with that before just jumping right into sticking your dick in her? Take some cues from the gay and queer community. There's nothing wrong with sexual fluidity, not meaning have sex with all kinds of people, but just being open about it. Like mm-hmm. I, for most gay men, I'm just speaking for gay men. Um, one of the first conversations you have is are you a top, are you a bottom, or are you versatile? Right there, you like filter out whether you're compatible or not. Are we going to be friends? Or are you going to fuck me? I don't know. So I think maybe the you're conversation- having a huge, like a huge conversation right yeah. out the gate, right out, right the, gate. out the gate. Are you clean or not? Do you have STDs? Do you have the HIV? I need to know all this before I gobble are up you your cum. Like, have these conversations as early as possible. And I think yep. straight people can have the best sex lives ever without all the repression, without all yes. the rapiness, without all the weird kinks, we need to be able to connect again. Yes. So Good that, that, okay, well, let's talk about that. Why are um, heterosexual couples so afraid to have a simple conversation? I mean, They've I have my theories had. behind it. Yeah, but like- Puritan culture that came over on the, when, you know, we tried mm-hmm. to take this country from the native people. Yeah. <laughs> I love what you say with such a straight face. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it's, it's the, the repression is long, long, yeah. long standing. And it's only, it, it was doubled down culturally for, for especially. So those of us who are, um, you know, Z, well, Z, it's getting a little better for Z, but like, Elder millennials, millennials, and Gen X, we were raised by these, by people who really very much participated in purity culture. And purity culture mm-hmm. came from mm. very, like the evangelical Christian uh, churches who that, that, which then absolutely lobbied to make its way into public school education. That mm-hmm. is why abstinence only education started and it happened that way because we've had lots of information to show that that act does not work at all 
period. Mm -hmm. Done. No, no more. And somebody wants to argue with me. No, I will show you at minimum 50 different scholarly white papers uh, that show that STDs go up, that yes. pregnancy goes yes. up. Yes. Yes. Substance abuse goes up. All yes. of it goes up when you don't with use repression. a harm when you don't use a harm reduction model mm -hmm. for any of it. Let me ask you one more question about that. Do you think that women nowadays have a fear of bringing up the conversation around sex with someone too soon because he might become aroused by the conversation and might try to sexually assault her? Yes. Yes. Whoa, the answer is heavy. fully yes. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, I didn't mean yes. to go there, but that's. <laughs> I, that is, I shit, actually okay. saw a TikTok and, you know, thank you know, I appreciate TikTok for a lot of reasons, but I saw someone on TikTok put it this way, and I thought this analogy was actually a really good one. Um, because for so many of us women, we have been sexually assaulted. We've had our sexual boundaries crossed. I haven't been to a, a concert. Well, I mean, let's say pre-COVID. I haven't been to a concert where my ass didn't get grabbed or I didn't get groped. Um, and I can tell you that a majority of the women who have been to those kinds of concerts as well have a very similar experience. So we don't, the, the analogy that I think is a good one. Um, I can't, I wish I remember the guy's name who, who put it, um, who gave this analogy. So if, if, if any of you, I don't know if any of you, I grew up rurally, so I'm very familiar with guns. I don't have guns anymore, but I'm very familiar with guns. But when you get gun safety training, do are either one of you familiar with gun safety training? Yeah, I am. Mm -hmm. What do they tell you immediately about the gun? To expect that, you can that kill it, someone, but to expect that it's loaded and to always right. treat it that it is loaded. That yes, right. yes. So there is not a woman who can tell from somebody's face that they're not going to be the assailant, right? That they're not going to hurt her. Mm -hmm. So there's no way from telling by your face that you're not going to be the one that's going to assault her. It's so interesting that you say that. So I went with a straight friend to a Las Vegas nightclub recently. Mm -hmm. I'm used to gay clubs, you know, where I guess it's a safe space for females. Now I see why it is a safe space for females. Hell um, yeah. So I, I'm Especially in this club. I think, <laughs> yeah, I'm in this club called, I think it's Omnia, some shit like that. The Caesars Palace or whatever. It's so much fun. You know, the music is blasting. There's carbon dioxide being blown from the ceiling. It's just a wonderful time. Mm. Damn. But, but I want to go. Can we do like a live from there? That feels like it is, right? a, it is <laughs> a really, really, if you're ever in Vegas, Club Omnia is, it's like, an, it's like the Disney world of nightclubs. That oh, being name. said, I'm watching straight girls, you know, dancing, having a good time with their girlfriends. And then some weird guy just walks up behind her and starts hump dancing on her. Uh. At first she's like, okay. Maybe this is a handsome guy. And then she turns around and it's an ogre. And then she's freaked out and then she runs away. The fact that he just walks up behind her. No permission. What ever. are guys mm -hmm. telling each other? Yo, if you want to meet a chick, if you want to dance, just walk up behind her and just start gyrating on her ass. Either you're going to get some or you're not. Like, what are what information are they sharing that I'm seeing so many girls just like guys just walking up on them and dance. I'm watching guys having arguments with other men because some dude just walked up on his girlfriend and just started touching her. Like, yes. what the fuck? 
now I see why gay clubs are full of straight women. No offense, ladies, but now I see why. Mm. Oh, 100%. Not a straight woman, but yes. I, I, it is, it truly is. We know that there is not someone who is more than likely not going to at minimum ask our permission. Because even if some some sexy ass lesbian comes up to me, even though, you know, I'm married, she's going to ask my permission. She's not going to come up on me without asking first. Right. And I will say gay men are different. They will just grab you. I've been at places where men will just. But it's also, I don't know. I think there's already. So Oh, there's Kanan. Lost we lost Kanan for a hot second. <laughs> streaming. streaming. But you know, that's a really good point that you bring up, Kanan, because I do remember going to clubs and it's been a while. Obviously, we've been in a pandemic, so I haven't been in a club in a while. And where I live, the clubs are chock full of children out of Cal Poly. But <laughs> <laughs> the, the youths. They're, they're a little too young. They're like <laughs> barely 22 or 21 or whatever. Mm-hmm. But Maybe. the point, yeah, like I do remember going to clubs and that was a common thing. They would just walk up onto you and da- quote unquote dance with you. And if you even politely push them away to be like, please don't do that. They're like, mm-hmm. what? We're in a club. Everybody's dancing. This is what you're here to do. And it's like, I am right. here to dance. But I'm also not here to have you sticking your tiny ass little dick in my butt 20 mm-hmm. times. You know, men have the audacity. <laughs> that's that's something that I obviously has been conditioned into men and boys. Mm-hmm. Just have the audacity. Just go after it. Because if you really think about it, think about all the books. All, like Even the last president, he would just tell men, just go out there and grab that pussy. So obviously, this is a conditioning that is so deep that mm. we we are like prophets right now trying to undo yes. all of this terrible, terrible conditioning that is happening. People, I just want people to have healthy relationships and not be with people who expect you to just lay on the floor and just wait for them to come on your face. Yeah, and guess what? And I will say this until I can't say it anymore. Like what the former gremlin president said is not about sex. Oh, no, that's about power. Sexual assault is about power and control. Mm -hmm. It is a power struggle. It is not about sex. If it was about sex and intimacy, it would be completely different. There you go. Would you say that sex is between two two consenting consulting adults? (laughs) My God. You consult with one another. You make some agreements. You have some negotiations. I know. Oh my God. I would like to consult with you about, you know, sex. What are your thoughts on it? What are your thoughts? Uh, Can you bring your business people to my business people? Everybody's got. I will have. We can have my people reach out. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God! I want a sex consultant. Ah, Yeah. Yeah, Should be like a mediator. Like a, like a mediate, like if you're on a first date, like oh, you call real. someone and have like a third party where you start talking about these sexual things. So it's not awkward where it's like, oh, is he going to like try to like, you know, fondle me now? But there's a person there like they're heavy breathing, like, tell me more. <laughs> so it's just like, you know, maybe there should be some kind of 
thing that that helps more people talk about sex. And I hope that this season is going to do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There you go. Erica can help you with it. Your website would be really cool. I think it'd be really cool if all of us like did. I think it would be really cool if we all uh, did like a a live course or something together. I think it would be really Mm -hmm. interesting. That would be really interesting. Ask live questions and get very direct things that you can do. And I think that that's what I would love for people to know is that you can say, hey, I'm looking for a partner that can, even if you're uncomfortable talking about sex, but be game to talk about sex because it's been something that I've had a hard time talking about. And I really want a partner who's game to kind of try to figure that out with me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, it's part of the reason I switched to coaching men was because I realized that I really wanted to help men understand women better. And a big part of the process that they go through with me in my program is understanding how to communicate with women. And so I teach them about respect and consent, not consulting, consent. (laughs) (laughs) And they see, they immediately see the difference in how women respond. And they're just like, oh my God, I never thought in a million years that I could have such a successful dating life with just changing my language and saying things that I might be thinking instead of just keeping them in. And it's so just it's like men are thinking, oh my God, I can't believe it. If I just treated her like a human being, I might get or a second she date. Might like sex as much as I do. <laughs> or That's maybe a, even more. Or even mm-hmm. yeah. I have some straight friends that are that get floored with when they see girls that are sexual. Like, yeah, I, I, I didn't know she was like that. Bruh. Girls are f- as freaky as you are. Like, I don't That's know right. what idea you think that only dudes are like. And your libido isn't a static thing. It's not something yeah. that right. stays the same. Yeah. I think some, yeah. I do think that that is a cultural misnomer that mm-hmm. you have either high desire or low desire. And that that's something that it, that stays the same forever. It absolutely mm-hmm. doesn't. We are a whole human being that has a body that changes over time. Mm-hmm. And your hormones change from the time of puberty all the way to the end of your life. Mm-hmm. It doesn't stop with puberty. Right. But that's where we stop education if people get it. Yeah. Right. If, if. Yeah, for sure. Not everyone's lucky enough to have a mom like mine. No. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> well, with that said, Erica, this has been another enlightening conversation with you. I love that you're willing to keep coming on as a guest and yes. we're going to keep having you. <laughs> yeah. As long as you keep coming, we'll keep having you. That's for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. I'm happy to be the resident sex doctor. And uh, oh, I love the, it. The, 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 the resident the, sex doctor. The, 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 <laughs> the people like all you people out there have your conversations about sex mm-hmm. before yeah. you were intending to have the sex of any kind. I'm not talking about penetration. I'm talking about touching of any kind. Have those conversations. It's okay to have them. And if you're terrified of them, please come to come see someone like me so that you can understand how how did you get to the place where you were so concerned about sex or having that conversation because mm-hmm. a lot of times it does have roots in family history and then i'll send you to andrea so andrea can get your get your dating life in order seriously yes steps steps to success we will definitely make sure that we put a link 
in um, the show notes so everyone can have access to you and reach out if they're interested in services from her. Mm -hmm. She does have a team of therapists as well, Mm -hmm. and they do see both men and women where I more focus on men. I do still coach women, but I've shifted. She has not. She, She can do therapy with anyone. Yes. All genders. And I personally love the Alphabet Mafia, my fellow, my co- mm-hmm. fellow queer folk. And uh, we, uh, I have therapists. Um, we will have, shortly, we will have a team of 12. Wow. And Expanding We're going success. to have, uh, someone can help with medication too. So um, mm. it's, it, we will be able to help. It's mentalandsexualhealth.com. My show is Sex Talk with Erica Miley. So if you want to hear even further sex nerdery, feel free and i just find the both of you to be such a blessing uh Katie and andrea and i just andrea i love you uh oh, both thank you both we love you too thank i you. yes i love you also follow her on social media especially her tiktok my tiktok <laughs> i can love your tiktok people freaking <laughs> dm me all the time with a video they want me to react to i don't know why people want to watch sex therapy the sex therapist reaction. I mean, your reactions yeah. are priceless, so I can see why. <laughs> I don't hide yeah. anything. I've never had a poker face. I've never. I know there are therapists who have wonderful poker face. Not the one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So exciting. Well, again, thank you for being part of our show, and thank you for closing our season on sex with us. For our listeners, just a little um, kind of rundown of how we are going to work now. Canon and I are going to launch our one year anniversary show. And then we are going to take a little mini break and come back with season three and season three will be dating unfiltered. All the things dating. And so our guests are going to be people who have had success with dating and some of their secrets. And our other guests are going to be those who are struggling. And we might even do some live one-to-one coaching on the show. So cool. That's going to be nice. I'll come on if you want to have somebody for me to gang up on. Yeah, (laughs) of course. You're our resident sex therapist. So you're like like at the top of the queue list now as far as guests go. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Oh, hell yeah. Absolutely. Also, to our listeners, Kanan is such an amazing podcast producer that he got us up on Amazon. So now you can find us on Amazon. And are we on iHeartRadio now, too? I I think we are on iHeartRadio now, actually. I will double check later, but we should be on iHeartRadio as well. So thank you to Kanan for being um, an amazing co-host, but also an amazing show producer and just taking care of literally all of the things that I can never even imagine. So you're awesome. I love you. This oh, I love you too. A fantastic season talking about sex. I am so thankful to all of our yes, listeners. Yes, we are on iHeartRadio now, you guys. Love it. Please keep sending us your feedback. Um, Anything that you want us, we're going to continue to always do the questions episodes and the questions episodes can be about anything. So please keep sending us your questions, your thoughts, your concerns. Yes. If you're on Instagram, just go to our highlights 
you know, our page, our profile, the little highlights bubble will say, ask a question. You could click it right there. At some point, we'll have an easier way for you to just get to it. But as of right now, you could just go to our Instagram page via your mobile phone because you cannot get there on a website. Mm, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, and with that said, please subscribe to our show, follow, and feel free to leave us comments and feedback. And until next season, keep dating smarter. Thank you for listening to this episode of Date Smarter, Sexier. If you'd like more information on how you can be more successful with love and dating, or to schedule a free consultation with me, your dating coach and matchmaker, please visit datesmartersexier.com. And please subscribe to this show at your favorite podcast streaming platform.